0: everybody. Welcome to day 34 of our fast and wrong thinking. Today, we're fasting from the thought that says things aren't getting better, they're getting worse. This episode is a reminder that no matter how bad things look, you can always be confident that God is turning it around for good. Remember to let Gregory Dickow know what you think about today's episode on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Gregory Dickow. I hope you enjoy. I want to encourage you to expect the following things today and every day you wake up. Number one, Expect. To come out. Of your dark season, are you in a dark season? Are you down? He's the lifter of your head. Is it going bad? He's the lifter of your head. Are you in the wilderness? He's the lifter of your head. Are you going through a time where you don't know how to get out? He's the lifter of your head. Let me tell you something. You we all go through dark seasons. We all go through dark moments. We all go through times of darkness, times of depression, times of sadness, times of confusion, times of lack of clarity. Maybe you're going through that right now. And I'm saying to you, Today, I want you to expect him to pull you out. Expect to see. Don't you don't have to focus on you pulling yourself out. I realize you have to encourage yourself. You have to speak God's word yourself. But I'm, I'm telling you, expect God to lift you, expect God to lift you out of that darkness. Expect God to lift your head. Expect God to lift your 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 sense of uh, darkness and realize that there's light at the end of this tunnel. There's something good on the other side of this. Expect expect expect, expect to come out of your darkest time. What's supposed to happen between the how long, O Lord, and the prayer being answered? Verse five gives us the answer to that question. But I have trusted, but I have trusted how long, O Lord, My enemy's going to rejoice over me, but I have trusted. I feel such sorrow, but I have trusted. I feel like giving up, but I have trusted. I feel like it's not going to work out, but I've trusted. My heart is sorry every day, but I've trusted in your steadfast love. We're just like David and we go through times. And then he says in verse six, so I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. What happens between verse one and verse six in verse one? How long, O Lord? In verse six, my God has come through for me. What happens in between? What happens in the meantime is we got to turn our trust towards God. Hey, who wants a verse six in your life? I will sing to the Lord because he's dealt with me. But who's going through a verse one in your life? How long, O oh Lord? Well, let me tell you the secret to connect these two things is trusting God's steadfast love. His love will not fail you. He will not relax his hold on you. He will keep you in the palm of his hand and no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Your God is going to deliver you. He's your God and he's going to bring you through. All we got to do is trust him. All we got to do is trust him. All we got to do is trust him, not lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him and he'll make our. He will make our paths straight. You know that takes the pressure off of me. I don't have to make my path straight. I can't make my path straight, but he can make my path straight and he will make my path straight when when I trust him and don't lean on my own understanding. I don't have to figure it all out. I don't have to understand it all. I can't understand it all. I just know this. How long, O Lord? And then I know this. I'm going to sing to the Lord because he has delivered me. So all I know to do is connect those two verses with thanking him and praising him and believing in his loving kindness and his steadfast love that will not fail me. I will trust in your steadfast love. That's the bridge. That's the connector between how long and I will sing. The bridge is I will trust in your steadfast love. He's going to come through for me, not because of me, but because of his steadfast love. See, I'm not trusting my trust. I'm trusting in his love. I'm trusting in his steadfast love and he'll make my path straight. I don't make it straight. I can't make it, but he can make it straight. Everywhere you look in the Bible, man gets himself into trouble, but God helps him out. Man makes a bad decision, but God has mercy. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus shows up to give life in abundance yes. to the full till it overflows. I want to tell you something. Today, you're going to have a but God moment because there is something we can do. To invite those moments in our lives, second Corinthians, chapter one, verse eight, Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he says, we don't want you in the dark, friends. We don't want you in the dark about how hard it was when all this came on us in Asia. It was so bad. We didn't think we were going to make it. Let's pause for a moment and let's ask ourselves, are you at a place right now where it's so bad that you don't think you're going to make it? Or have you ever been in a place like that where it seems so bad that it doesn't seem like you're going to make it? Or do you have a family member a loved one, a coworker, a friend where it seems so bad it doesn't look like they're going to make it. Are you in a family situation, a financial situation, a health situation, a relationship situation, an emotional situation where it seems like it's so bad that it doesn't even seem like you're going to make it? That's what Paul is talking about here. It was so bad we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we had been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. I'm telling you right now, when you are facing an impossible situation and it feels like it's the worst thing that could happen, I got good news for you. It's the best thing that could happen. He says, as it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strengths, we were forced to trust God totally. Yeah. Hey, Don't look at your bad situation as something that you wish would have never happened. Look at your bad situation as an opportunity to totally trust God. We were forced to trust God totally. And here's Paul's sense of humor. Not a bad idea, since he's the God who raises the dead. Let me tell you who we're trusting. We're not trusting some God that can't figure out which way is north, south, east and west. We're not trusting some God that doesn't know how to handle a little bit of financial pressure. God knows how to handle your difficult situation. He knows what to do about your crisis. We are not trusting a God who we're not sure about. We're not trusting a God who hasn't proven himself already. We're not trusting a God that can't fix something that we broke. We're not trusting God that can't turn something around. We're trusting the God who formed the earth in the palm of his hands. He formed the moon and the sun and the stars with his words. He said, let there be light and light flooded the universe and hasn't ever stopped since. We're not trusting any old God. We're trusting the God who raises the dead. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Hey, you know, you're I'm in a tough situation. I guess I'm going to have to trust God. Hey, guess what? Not a bad idea. Since he's the God that raises the dead, how do we trigger these? But God moments. Trust, trust him instead of trusting in our own strength, our wits to get out of it. We are forced to trust God. Totally not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it. Rescued us from certain doom. Oh, and I love this part and he'll do it again. First, he says, and he did it and then he says and he'll do it again. But I wonder how many times don't you. Oh. As many times as we need rescuing. And he did it. And he'll do it again. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing, how does he do it? Trust. Then how does he do it? You. And your prayers are part of the rescue operation, he says, with you and your prayers. The Corinthian church was praying for Paul. The believers were praying for Paul. Boy, there's something powerful. He's talking to them, the members of the Corinthian church. And he said, you guys, God operates in the church. God operates through the church. The rescue operation is through people. The rescue operation happens when people give the rescue operation happens when people volunteer. The rescue operation happens when people pray the rescue operation happens when people witness the rescue operation happens. When people come together. The rescue operation happens when we join hands, because one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10 thousand to flight. The rescue operation goes into effect when we're planted in God's house, when we're connected to God's people, when we are connected with people that know how to pray, we're connected with people that serve when they don't feel like it connected to people who lift their hands, whether they feel it or not, They're connected with people that speak God's word, connected with people that believe God's promises, connected with people that believe in the body of the blood of Jesus Christ, connected with people that know that God answers, connected with people that know they can trust him, connected with people. You got to be connected with people that trust God, connected with people that believe God, connect with people, a church family where you can have a letter written to you. And Paul says, you know how God rescued us. You know how God did it. He did it because, number one, we trusted him totally because we had no other option. We're not so spiritual. It's just we had no other choice. <laughs> and secondly, he says, you. You, you. And your prayers, your prayers, your prayers. are part of the rescue operation, he says, I don't want you in the dark about that either, because I can see your faces even now, he said, lifted in praise for God's deliverance of us. I can see your faces now lifted in praise. How does he do it? What creates the but God moments trust? What creates the but God moments church? What creates the but God moments prayer? What creates the but God moments praise? For what he's already done. And one more that I'll mention since we're almost done here the but God moments that come by speaking God's word. Psalm 103, verse 20, it says, The angels hearken, the angels listen to the voice of God's word. The angels are dispatched at the sound of God's word. Angels go carry out his word when they hear the voice of his word. When you speak the word of God, it's not the voice of God, but it's the voice of his word. The angels are mighty in strength and they perform it, they bring it to pass, they create but God moments when they hear the voice of his word. He sent the cross down from heaven in the form of Jesus. And he split this earth wide open and he interrupted the God of this world that had blinded the minds of the unbelieving. And he stuck the cross in the earth and said, but God, you're lost and your sins have separated you. But God, you're blind and you can't see. But God, you're lost and forsaken and your soul is is empty and your spirit is dead. But God, You only know the law and condemnation and rules and regulations that keep you in bondage for the rest of your life. But God, Jesus is an interrupter. He interrupts the sickness with healing. He interrupts the darkness with light. He interrupts sin with his blood. He interrupts condemnation with righteousness. He interrupts fear with love. He interrupts unbelief with faith. He interrupts the curse with the blessing. He interrupts everything with the cross. When Jesus died on that cross, it was God splitting heaven and splitting the skies with his beautiful, beloved, blood stained cross and planting it in the Earth and say i'm here to interrupt the devil's plan to take your soul into darkness i am here and you will never be the same every time he touched the blind he made them see every time he touched the leper he made them cleansed every time he touched the deaf he made them hear he makes everything good he makes everything good he makes everything good give him your bad stuff he makes everything good Give him your bad day. He makes everything good. Give him your bad attitude. He makes everything good. Give him your bad past. He makes everything good. Give him your bad problem. He makes everything good. Give him your bad addiction. He makes everything good. Give him your bad relationship. He makes everything good. Give him your bad hopes, your bad dreams, your nightmares. Hand them over to God. Give them to God because He makes everything good. Give him your little five loaves and two fish. He makes it better. Give him what you got. He makes it better. He increases it. He multiplies it. He always makes everything better, better, better. He takes takes you cursed and He makes you blessed. He takes your sin and He makes you righteous. He takes your sickness and He makes you healed. He takes your brokenness and He makes you whole. He takes your poverty and He makes you prosperous. He takes everything and He turns it around and He makes it better. That's His nature. So now when I'm in a pit, so now when I'm in a pit, no problem. Why? Because I have a different perspective and where would my perspective come from, my view of God's nature. No matter how bad it is, folks, no matter how close your situation looks dead, the more opportunity you have to trust God, the closer you are to a miracle resurrection when it's at its darkest time, when you're in your midnight hour, when it seems like all hope is lost, he will rescue you again and again as often as you need rescuing. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss any of these episodes and share this podcast with someone you know who would be encouraged by it. We'll catch you guys tomorrow for day 35. Have the best day.